0: Thank you, everyone, for joining us today um, for our uh, ERP Advisors Group monthly conference call series. Today's call, Can a Botched ERP Implementation Be Salvaged? Sean Wendell is going to be our speaker for today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group based here in Denver, Colorado. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software advisory firms. ERP Advisors Group advises mid- to large-sized businesses on selecting and implementing business applications from enterprise resource planning, customer relationship management, human capital management, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications, which equate to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. There are only a few people in the world with the practical experience that Sean has gained while helping hundreds of clients across many industries with selecting and implementing a wide variety of enterprise software solutions. On today's call, Sean will discuss how even the most delayed and over-budget implementation can be salvaged so that you can get your company past the finish line to go live with the new system that you set out to have. So, Sean, may I introduce you?
1: Yeah, thank you, Juliet, and thanks, everybody, for being on the line. I always uh, appreciate you all dialing in. Um, Juliet, that sounds okay?
0: Yes. Yes, sounds Perfect. great.
1: Okay. Good well let's uh let's jump into this um probably one of my least favorite topics to talk about um we prefer to be involved up front with clients and and people uh to not have botched implementations but but the reality is uh, not only do we get called um often to help out but there's projects that we're implementing that that start to go astray. And so we've we've learned over the years how to kind of bring them back in, kind of herd herd the cats back into the uh into the corral, so to speak, feeling kind of western today, I guess. But um, um what I thought we would do first with this discussion is talk about um kind of a usual thing we cover on these calls is you know, what is ERP? Um and and what does that really have to do with kind of what we're talking about here? and ERP is enterprise resource planning for software applications that uh, businesses use, um, nonprofits uh government agencies that that they really use to run their operations and that can be anything like accounting or inventory or revenue management or even customer relationship management or or warehouse management systems or human capital management. I mean, when we look at ERP, we really think about the software that the organization is using across its entire um, organization to run its operations, and it's not just accounting. Um, and that also means that it's not just Oracle or SAP or these large gigantic systems that companies implemented years ago. It really means the, the applications that a small startup could be running to do revenue recognition all the way to um, a fire department that uses software to manage their patient care reporting when the um, emergency medical services folks are out helping a patient. So we really look at ERP as a general concept of software that uh, that organizations use to run their operations. So we're not just confined to a certain area. Um, and, and I wanted to go through that on purpose, because what we're going to talk about is not just um, contained or specific to um, a specific, really, area of application of software. It's really across the whole breadth of applications out there. So let's, um, with that defined, let's talk about what it means to have a botched implementation. Um, If you've been in software for a while or have had um, a software project that was maybe under your direction or you were a part of a software project that was being implemented, you have experienced a botched implementation. I guarantee it. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, in, in our industry, um, according to Gartner, Gartner Group, which is an IT analyst group, um, there's other organizations out there as well that, that basically say the vast majority of software implementations um, fail to meet their original objectives, and um, that's kind of what we consider to be a botched implementation. Um, now, I, I think we're we're going to go probably a little bit more extreme today and talk about kind of what makes a botched implementation, and then we'll talk about how to fix it. But um, it's basically, it's an implementation that doesn't go right. That's a very simple way to think about it. So, So we know what we're implementing here. We know what ERP is, and we know that we're talking about an implementation that doesn't go right. So let's talk about what really causes these implementations. And there's four different things that I'm going to go through today um, on kind of the causes of a botched implementation. The first one is um, we really didn't know what we were implementing in the first place. Um, A lot of these things I'm going to say sound pretty obvious, but um, as always um, uh, on our calls, I think we touch on some very practical things that are very real so, um, when you think about that, we didn't know um what we implemented in the first place. What can happen is um um companies and and really it's individuals. so I'm not gonna say companies or clients. I'm gonna talk about people like real people. there may even be some people on this call that that have done this in the past or are in the position where they're in an implementation um so it's really. Um, geared basically towards, towards you because um, that's who we're trying to help here. Um, what What can happen is you can get into a position where you have a problem in the business and you, through whatever mechanism, decide that uh, there's a problem with the software. It could be something as simple as, well, QuickBooks doesn't support multi-currency functionality, and you now have an entity in the U.K. because the sales operations went overseas, and they're selling like crazy over there, and you have to have a separate entity, and it has to be in euros or, or I guess, now GB uh, 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 British Pounds. And um you're kind of like fuck, you gotta have another entity and QuickBooks doesn't do it. So when you've been doing it in a spreadsheet and it's not and it, the business is growing, you just need some more automation there. So therefore we need new software. It could be a reason why you do it. Um but it could also be that um there's a mandate that comes down from a higher level within an organization. It could be that there's um somebody in a different group in the organization says, Hey, we need new software and for whatever reason, they have the power to go out and get it, and then you get stuck with it. Um, you know, Preferably, we'd like it where an organization has looked at their needs kind of holistically and realized kind of what their problems were, what they were trying to solve, and if they could be solved by software or not, and then go look at software solutions. That doesn't happen all the time. But 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 what we often come into in a client is that uh, when there's a botched implementation, the first thing is that they they have gone out and they have bought software. And they start implementing it, and they say, "Oh my gosh!" They actually say a lot stronger words. Um, we just spent a lot of money, and we're into it, and we have no idea uh, what basically what what we uh, what we're implementing here. Um, they thought it was one thing, and it turned out to be another. So. You know the, the the warning here. You know we always try to give you guys nuggets, like little things that you can take that can make a big big difference even today. If you're looking at software and an implementation, and this is probably the the first nugget we'd say, which is, you know, really get into the vendor's contract, really get into their website even, and and look at the name of what you bought. So, uh, like if you think about um, the Intact solution. Um, they've got some products like they have a thing called a Salesforce connector. Just looking at this for a client. What the heck is that thing, right? Well, it just showed up on the order form when we bought Intact and the salesperson told us we need it and we have Salesforce. So, yeah, let's. of course we need it, but you don't know why. So really go out and look at that sales order form of the software that you bought. And understand every line of that sales order form and research it online or call the salesperson and have them walk you through it, or better yet, the people that are implementing the software find out from them what each of those items are, and if they can't tell you what they are, man, you got a problem because <laughs> those are the people that are supposed to be implementing those things, and if they don't even know what they are, then we got a problem so you know, you can see how that can then lead to somewhere down the line, um, something doesn't work. There's the, the project gets botched, and you realize, well, I didn't even know what we were implementing here. So at a high level, you're going to have a good idea. But I'm saying you got to get down to the detailed level on that, that order form to understand what each item is so you know what you bought. And that's going to help you to prevent a botched implementation. The second thing that, um, that we've run across, especially of recent is, um, implementation resources are too busy for your project. Um, this is one was we just talking to one of my guys today, a uh, seasoned guy, 30 plus years in IT applications. He's super frustrated. I love this guy. He's great. Curtis, if you guys have worked with us before, we're on a project right now and an implementation partner is just like, a challenge to work with. And, you know, when we start digging under the covers, um, you know, we can see that the implementation resources, the, the consultants, they're, they're too busy on other projects to do our work. Now, we will correct this. <laughs> this is one of the benefits of having a ERP advisor firm like ours kind of on on the scene and watching out for your needs, right, is that we're on it. We actually um, we actually have gained access and they've given us access, I should say it, uh, to their timesheets. So we see how much they're billing every week. So we know if they're not billing enough or if they're billing too much and can actually see what they're doing for, for our client. I mean, in this case, it happens to be a little bit lower than we expected it. So so Curtis is all over them. So um you know what 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 could end up happening here is if if we weren't watching and you just expect when you hire a company like they're gonna do the work right and you know that's fine for a plumber like in your house if you have a stuffed up drain you hire a plumber they come in they, uh, you know, they check it out. They go to their truck. They do whatever. They go back to the truck. Then they make some custom fitting that's going to cost you five hundred dollars. That just happened to us recently, but it's a different story. Um, but basically, they fixed it. They actually fixed the uh, the drain, right? And and you can see because the water runs down. You're fine. You pay him, and he goes. Uh, it's it's not like that for software because a lot of our people, a lot of the people that are implementing software applications now, are remote. So you don't really see them. I mean, if they're at least in the office, you can see if they're pretending to be working in front of their computer, whether they're working or not. You never know. But when folks are remote, you really don't know what they're doing. Um, so so it's hard to um, to watch and see what the consultants are doing, even though they have a contract, even though they want to make money and they should be billing you. They're, they're not because they're, they're over busy. So what then ends up happening is, you know, you're kind of going down the line. The Time continues to go by. The calendars, pages flip, right, and uh, and products aren't being delivered. But yet you're incurring costs, too, and the delivery is not happening, and you've set an expectation with folks internally in your organization that software is going to be ready by a certain date. You get closer and closer to that date, and it's, it's not done. And and if you kind of trace it back, you can look to the times where the implementation consultant was just too busy with other projects and uh, didn't take the time to actually get your work done. So, again, a little nugget there is ask the implementation resources for a weekly timesheet from them. Just say, look, just, you know, do a simple little download. We know you're tracking your time anyway. Just do a little download. I don't care if it's what you bill me for or not. Because sometimes they'll write time off at the end of the month when they bill or, you know, every other week or whatever. Just "Just send us your time and I just want to see what you're up to. And that that can help you to ensure that uh, your project doesn't get botched because you don't have too busy uh, uh, implementation resources. Now, the next one is the hardest. Um, It's the one that... um, you know, uh, it's kind of hard to talk about, especially on the client side when we have folks that are involved with a company or a business or an organization, not for profit, uh, whatever the organization form is. That it's, uh, so our clients, we have to have this discussion, and it's it's tough. And, and that is the third reason is because the client resources are just too busy or they don't know what they're doing. Um, that's a, that's a real interesting question. Um, especially that don't know what, what they're doing. Um, but let me break it down into those two areas of too busy versus, uh, they don't know what they're doing. So when, when a company decides to undertake a software initiative, what they often don't realize is that the, the key people in the organization are going to be the same people that have to be involved in the implementation. Um, They know the businesses, uh, they know the processes, they know the way systems are currently used, they know all the ins and outs, and those are the same people that have to talk to the vendor and tell them the requirements and, you know, check all the configurations and do the testing and help even with training. Well, those people are usually working, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week already, and so now we're going to put like a 30, uh, 40-hour project on them? It's tough. It's it's very, very hard. We have had some clients. We actually had, a, I don't think she'd mind me sharing. Um, we had a great client on the phone um, several months ago um, that was involved with an Oracle implementation. She actually was pregnant during the implementation and she worked, she's, a, she's like a workaholic. Um, she's amazing, amazing lady, really keeps that organization together. And she was pregnant during the implementation. Her doctor's like, look, I'm not just like prescribing you to be on bed rest. You have to do this. Like you can't leave your bed. You have to just lay down, let this let the baby do its thing here and just like relax or something's gonna happen. She did. She did great. It was actually pretty cool to have a um you know little baby born during the project. Fortunately she was in the hospital. Everything was fine. But um but you know very, very often um folks like her and others, you know, they're they're your key contributors. They might not be your top sales people or your senior executives but they're the people that make things run on a daily basis really smoothly <laughs> those are the people unfortunately that we have to pull onto a project and if you don't make enough time with them um, that project's not going to work like you're going to have a botched implementation you're going to go live and it's not going to work and and those people are going to say gosh I was just too busy to be able to help out so you know, again, a little nugget here is try to backfill those people as best as you can. Um, they're your best people. But maybe take a couple hats off of their heads. You know, they wear a lot of hats. They do a lot of things. Maybe there's a couple things that you can get a temp person to do during the project. Or, you know, maybe you, um, maybe you promote them into a new role that's related to the new software application. So they've got kind of a neat opportunity going forward. It's a little bit different. And then you, you're bringing up people underneath them. But really watch out for um, folks that are just too busy. Um, it can, it can, really, can really get you. Now, the other part of that, um, as I mentioned earlier, is that, that sometimes we have client resources that they just don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, we have people that are very um, competent and very capable within the business, but then when it comes time to doing a software project, they've never done it before. And so they don't know that they're responsible for telling the implementation partner what they really want and what they really need. And maybe the implementation partner isn't very good at communicating, which uh, fire them, if that's the case, by the way. Um, but, um, but potentially, you know, you can have kind of a weaker implementation team from your the technical team, and then they're not asking questions the right questions and then your people don't know that they should be providing a certain amount of information and then the implementation team goes ahead and starts building a bunch of stuff and then you get it back and it comes time to testing and you're like, this is wrong. This this is like the wrong thing. What were you doing? Well it turns out that your people who were involved maybe really didn't know what they were doing. So you know, I really mentioned that as a risk, as something that, that you can mitigate and just pay attention to making sure you put the right people on the project. Now, the fourth thing, um, I don't think it's as hard as the last one, but, you know, what can really lead to a boss implementation, you know, I, I definitely try to talk to you guys kind of informally on these calls so that it, it really, I really want to communicate so you don't run into these things. Um, is you don't have the right scenario to need software. Now, what I mean is is that the problem that you're trying to solve in the first place has nothing to do with software. And I can guarantee you, that if you implement a software solution, let's say it's a brand-new customer support application. It's integrated with the telephony system. It has pop-up on the screens and tracks the customer support representatives every activity. It provides uh, uh, the recommended phone calls for them to make. It's this elegant application. You spend a lot of money doing it, and you go live, and it doesn't go very well, you have to really look at is that what was really the problem in the first place. So again, it seems obvious. Why in the world would you ever buy software if you don't need to, or why would you go through the changes that, um, uh, that are required by new software? And it's probably because you got a little desperate, meaning the real problem was the customer support processes. The business process are completely broken or, the customer support resources themselves are, are not very strong, or maybe it's the manager of the group who's not doing a very good job of ensuring that work is delved out and that the tasks are well defined and that we have the right people in the chairs and getting the right calls to them. Um, I can almost guarantee you that the worst botches of software that you will ever read about, um, the Shane Company, um, there's been other organizations in the past, some big ERP implementations with Hershey or some of these other areas, uh, other companies. There was one uh, when I was back at Accenture with uh, Sunbeam uh, where you know tens of millions, it's not even more, um, software is being implemented. And, and the reality was, is the problem they were trying to fix wasn't fixable by software. So so you really have to make sure that, that the problem that you have in your organization um, can be solved with software before you Im- implement software. So, so those are the kind of the four um, causes that, that we've seen, fortunately, fairly recently, too, of, of some botched implementations. Um, so watch out for those, please. Please, please um i want I want to wrap up the call with um something i think is 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 pretty uh practical here, which is um when do you pull the plug versus when do you keep going on a project because a a project is uh, a software project that's going on and on is kind of like a like a money pit like I think there was an old movie. No, it wasn't that old, um, maybe I'm dating myself, called Money Pit, and it was uh, maybe Tom Hanks or uh, Steve Martin, and, and he and his wife were remodeling a home, and that home just kept requiring more and more and more and more money. I think if you've been through a major home project, maybe you've even experienced that. That's, that seems to sting, at least to me, a little more than um, software projects even. But um But, you know, you get into a point where you've put in so much money that it feels like you can't stop, Um, but you also know that to continue means that you're going to have to put in more. And I I think the real key indicator there to look at is um, it's always best to stop. Um, If you have questions about a software project and it's not going well, I'm 99% sure it's only going to go worse. (laughs) Um, unless something material changes where maybe the implementation partner reassigns or assigns a, a stronger resource to run it, or maybe you have another resource internally that you're able to put on it who's got more experience or has a different uh, viewpoint or something that's more valuable to, to the project, or you bring in a consulting firm like us, um, if there's not going to be a major change, it's only going to get worse. And you can mark my words on that. If you experience something different or you have, please let me know. I'd be very interested to get your feedback. But it's always better to just stop the project. And I mean full halt. Send an email, send a certified letter, whatever you have to, to the resources that are billing you for the project and say, you need to stop billing me right now. I will not. I will not pay you for any dime beyond this point. And maybe it's not right now. Maybe it's the end of the week or something. And what that will do is it will get everybody's attention, um, certainly the the vendor side and even internally, to um, kind of like review where everything's at. Really take a look at what's what's happening now in this present time. Where are we supposed to be on the project plan? Where are we actually? where's the scope, where is um, everything, dollars, time, scope, everything, resources. And, you know, they'll do it on their own dime because they don't want to lose the project. And, and if you can, if you've got the gut, sometimes it's hard because you can have multimillion-dollar projects that have very tight timelines and a lot of pressure to get things done. But if you know that it's, that it's not good, I'm telling you, put the brakes on, assess, It could be for a day. We did this recently with with a client, and it was one day where actually the vendor and I were talking at midnight to 1 a.m. in the morning trying to go through what was happening. And by the morning, he had a plan. We reviewed the plan in the morning and the afternoon. The client looked at it and said, okay, this is good. Let's go. Uh, We've had other circumstances where we've stopped for an entire week, and and the vendor has to come back with how they're going to make things better. And we can take a look at that and say, nope. You're not going to do it. We had a very big project where we basically did that and um, told the client, told the vendor we weren't going to pay another dime, but the vendor kept working um, and trying to make up for what had been done. And uh, they ended up investing quite a bit of money in the project and they didn't get paid for it because they weren't able to ever recover. So at the same time, we had to find another vendor. It was a very ugly circumstance. Um, but but I'm telling you guys, you know, when you just pull the plug versus when you keep going, most times you just pull the plug. You just stop, really figure things out. And then if you get a good plan, you get the sense that folks know what they're doing going forward and there's some accountability back to a new timeline that you can track, move forward. But if you don't have that... You've got a botched implementation and just stop and suffer the consequences now because it's only going to get worse in the, late, in the future for sure. And, you know, again, I wouldn't go into all this stuff with you all if I didn't have some hope that, you know, there was help out there. We can help you. There's there's other folks that can. But if you get into these circumstances, please give us a call. I mean, we'll, we'll talk for free. I and mean, we'd much rather have um, uh, circumstances better off than not. And, and just a call with one of our guys can make a big difference. So, appreciate your time today. Juliet. I'll uh, pass the uh, the baton back to you.
0: Okay, great. Sean, thanks very much. That was great information. Um, Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, Please let us know, as Sean said, if you have any questions, uh, definitely reach out to us. We'd be happy to help you. Uh, Our next call is January 16th, uh, leveraging a reporting and analytics tool to fully realize the potential of your ERP. On this call, we will discuss using your ERP to its fullest potential as it relates to enterprise performance management. Uh, Please go to our website, erpadvisorsgroup.com, for more details and to register.